this is the More Than Right Podcast, and I'm your host, Steve Lopez. Republican Representative Walter Smith of Iowa was very skeptical of the U.S. Attorney General's request for funding to create a national police force in 1908. Quote, Nothing is more opposed to our race than a belief that a general system of espionage is being conducted by the general government. Unquote. House Appropriations Committee Chairman James Tawney of Minnesota told the Justice Department Congress would never authorize a secret police force to create, quote, a system of espionage in this country which is entirely inconsistent with the theory of our government, unquote. But President Theodore Roosevelt dismissed these arguments, saying, quote, There is no more foolish outcry than this against spies. Only criminals need fear our detectives, unquote. The national police force in question, of course, would later become the FBI. And although Congress failed to grant the request of Attorney General Charles Joseph Bonaparte, great-nephew of French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte, to fund a secret police, Bonaparte simply reallocated tax dollars already earmarked for the Justice Department and created the spy agency anyway. Last week, Special Counsel John Durham released his long-awaited report on the origins of the 2016 Trump-Russia collusion investigation of then-presidential candidate Donald J. Trump and members of his campaign. Durham concluded that the probable cause used by the FBI to secure counterintelligence warrants from the secret FISA court, charges contained in the dossier created by paid FBI informant and British spy Christopher Steele, were baseless and sourced by a likely Russian double agent. And like British spy Christopher Steele, that likely Russian double agent was also a paid FBI confidential human source. Durham didn't say it, but it looks very much like the Trump-Russia collusion caper was an international conspiracy comprised of the Democratic National Committee, the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign, British intelligence, Russian intelligence, the FBI, the CIA, and a very receptive Clinton-supporting mainstream media. All these disparate forces were united in their fear of and contempt for a populist Make America Great Again movement, one led by Donald Trump. But this conspiracy against MAGA also included members of the GOP establishment. A very important GOP establishment member mentioned only obliquely in Special Counsel Durham's report was the FBI's confidential human source number one. His name is Stephen Helper. He is an academic China expert and former Nixon, Ford, and Reagan administration functionary. But who is Stephen Helper, really? Independent journalist Glenn Greenwall laid that out for the folks at Democracy Now! Stephen Helper is a longtime dirty CIA operative um, who has ties to the Bush family and the Republican Party. So Halper has been around Washington forever. His name has long been known as a CIA operative and as a Republican operative. And the idea that naming him would somehow jeopardize his life or the lives of other people 
was an absolute lie, but the Justice Department used it to successfully convince media outlets in the U.S. not to name him for many weeks. Um, and it was only once the New York Times and Washington Post published enough information on purpose for us to learn his identity, were we then able to figure out who it was. In 2021, a Washington Times story reported on a declassified FBI document that, quote, confirmed that it was noted FBI paid spy Stephen Helper who told of a supposed inappropriate encounter between retired Army Lieutenant General Michael Flynn and a Russian-born scholar, Svetlana Lokova, at the University of Cambridge in 2014. Mr. Helper's gossipy tale turned out not to be true, but the Flynn-Lokova canard made its way in 2017 into stories in a number of newspapers feeding the Donald Trump-Russia election collusion narrative. Unquote. Trump referred to the bipartisan plot against him as Spygate. This engendered ridicule on the part of the press, who accused Trump of engaging in, what else, conspiracy theories. A month before the 2020 election, President Trump talked about the Obama administration spying on his campaign with Leslie Stahl of CBS's 60 Minutes. So- the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign, There's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they can got I, Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. you won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't look, put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been totally that. verified. No. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. As a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. But the helper revelation threatened to unravel the FBI media narrative that Trump was a spy for Russia. A worried journalist, Zach Bocamp, noted in an article for Vox in 2018, quote, it's worth noting that the entire Spygate controversy Trump is hyping, the idea that the FBI put a spy in the Trump campaign, is grounded in a lie. There is no evidence that the FBI implanted an operative into the Trump campaign. Every attempt to gin up support for this notion has been roundly debunked, unquote. The New York Times, of course, added to the media derision, saying, quote, President Trump promoted new unconfirmed accusations to suit his political narrative that a criminal deep state element within Mr. Obama's government planted a spy deep inside his presidential campaign to help his rival Hillary Clinton win, a scheme he branded Spygate. It was the latest indication that a president who has for decades trafficked in conspiracy theories has brought them from the fringes of public discourse to the Oval Office, unquote. As we now know, Trump was right about the Spygate conspiracy. But curiously, and this is very important, Durham's report makes no mention of Stephen Halper by name or the other still unidentified Republican confidential human sources working for the FBI. Let's just call them never-Trump Republican deep state spies. I suspect the FBI denied Durham and his investigators access to their sources and methods. After all, should Trump by some miracle win a second term, these Republican sleeper agents may still serve a purpose. Just in passing, 
Wikipedia still has its Spygate page up and running, which states, quote, Spygate is a conspiracy theory promulgated by President Donald Trump in May of 2018 that the Obama administration had put a spy in his 2016 presidential campaign for political purposes, unquote. As mentioned above, a declassified government document confirms Halper was an FBI spy embedded into the Trump campaign. That fact is irrefutable. But don't expect that Wikipedia page to come down anytime soon, or for the New York Times and Washington Post to admit they were principals in the conspiracy, either as direct agents or willful dupes. Either way, it's not a good look for a profession that claims to be a beacon of truth and a government watchdog. The greatest political conspiracy in American history was, as Stephen Helper proved, a bipartisan plot to suppress a populist movement, the MAGA movement, that terrifies leaders in both political parties, frightens foreign governments reliant on a steady stream of U.S. foreign aid and military protection, and threatens to stop American interventionists anxious to thrust us into pointless and bloody wars. Back in 2018, while President Trump was on a state visit to Russia, CNN's Jake Tapper leaned angrily into the Trump-Russia collusion conspiracy theory with gusto. The bottom line takeaway is, according to Democrats and Republicans, intelligence agencies, uh, every leader of the intelligence agencies, senators, the House, the Senate Intelligence Committee, the House Intelligence Committee, Russia launched cyber attacks against the United States to interfere in the election. They did that to the people of the United States. And today, President Trump sided with Russia over not just the intelligence agencies of the United States, but also the people of the United States. If it had to do with his desire to not be seen as illegitimate because of the fact that Russia interfered, I don't know. I can't, I can't really get into that. Uh, I'm not a doctor. But I can tell you, on the facts, the United States was attacked, and President Trump today sided with the enemy. Five years later, without apology, Tapper responded to the Durham report in a way that ticked off his fellow fake news talking heads. President Trump appeared so confident of what Durham would find, he openly uh, pressured the special counsel to release his findings before the 2020 election. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped, and it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It, it is, regardless, devastating to the FBI, and to a degree, it does exonerate Donald Trump. Tapper got it partially right. Notice he failed to mention the role played by Democrats, the CIA, and his own network in the Spygate conspiracy. He blames the FBI exclusively. For Tapper's admission of the plot against Trump, former MSNBC host turned raving YouTube egomaniac Keith Olbermann tweeted that Jake Tapper should resign in shame. Speaking of resignations, at the very least, FBI Director Christopher Wray should step down. He presided over the FBI throughout much of the Crossfire Hurricane spy operation and said nothing. That means either a rogue element within the FBI kept Director Ray in the dark, or worse, Ray was in on the counterintelligence operation. As mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, the FBI was not a creature of Congress, but a creation of the U.S. Attorney General's office in 1908. The FBI did not officially exist, 
until Congress passed the Federal Bureau of Investigation Charter Act of 1980. Former FBI Director James Comey, who an angry President Trump fired in 2017, is said to have kept a memo on his desk from the days of J. Edgar Hoover, the wiretap request for the Reverend Martin Luther King. The FBI cannot be reformed. Whether it was the FBI spying on American industrialists who ran afoul of Teddy Roosevelt's progressive trust-busting, or the FBI's World War II spying on innocent Japanese Americans ahead of FDR's executive order sending them to concentration camps, or the FBI's attempt to blackmail Martin Luther King, or the FBI's baseless spying on a Republican presidential campaign, or the FBI's designating parents terrorists who voiced concerns over the twisted curriculum boards of education foisted on their children, the FBI has a long history of wrongdoing. It's time that Congress rescind the FBI's belated charter, ending forever the shameful 115-year reign of America's Gestapo. While we're on the subject of America's Gestapo, the FBI, a recent unsealed filing from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, or FISC, says more than 278,000 warrantless investigations of American citizens were granted the FBI by the secret court. As we saw with the FBI's crossfire hurricane spy caper against Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign, the FISC's threshold for sanctioning the FBI's domestic espionage operations against Americans is very, very low. Throughout the Russiagate controversy, President Trump often called the legal efforts to label him a spy for Russia a witch hunt. It's a very apropos term. In the 1460s, the first books printed using movable type known as incanabula, Latin for cradle, gave us such works as the Gutenberg Bible and the tome called the Malleus Malicaforum, or the Witch's Hammer. The latter was designed to help clergy identify, hunt down, and punish witches. One passage from the book translates, quote, And so, in this twilight and evening of the world, when sin is flourishing on every side and in every place, when charity is growing cold, the evil of witches and their iniquities superabound. Unquote. The evils perpetrated against a sitting president of the United States occurred in the secret evening world of conspirators in high places, a realm devoid of charity and goodwill, a world where iniquities superabound, and witch trials are governed by absurd and unfounded hearsay. And yet, all the criticism, to the extent there is any, has focused primarily on the FBI. No one seems to be asking questions of the 11 justices that make up that Cold War relic known as the Fisk. But with constitutional separation of powers at issue, calling them to answer for their iniquities is problematic. As the U.S. Constitution states in Article 3, 
quote, the judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court, and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish, unquote. The FISC has shown itself to be a great threat to American civil liberties, as is the FBI, by sanctioning the agency's domestic espionage endeavors based on dubious charges or no probable cause whatsoever. Congress needs to invoke its constitutional authority over this kangaroo court and dissolve the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court once and for all. The battered and abused liberties of our citizens demands it. That concludes this edition of the More Than Right podcast. If you feel so inclined, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, this is Steve Lopez.